Welcome everyone to the latest episode of Talking Jays. I'm Jose in New York. She's Jeanette in LA. He's John in Miami. And we have Jevin back in New York or Kevin back in New York. How was Los Angeles, Kevin? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> you see, this is, how I, this is how I know you don't listen to the podcast. Apparently last week I made the mistake and said that Kevin was in LA. So <laughs> I, was in LA. Man, I ain't going to play with COVID. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> so how was LA? LA was fun, Was it a great trip? It was everything I ever dreamed of, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like a, a, a world of Grand Theft Auto 5. <laughs> so he wasn't one of the 12, is what you're telling me. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't one of the 12. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. John, how are you doing today? Oh, yeah, I met Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look at John's <laughs> I don't know how. She lives in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, because I went to Cali. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, remember. I, I, I think I told you, Jeanette, that we were always told that L.A. and San Francisco were separated by a bridge. So I guess we... When Kevin went to try to go see you, he inadvertently went onto the Golden Gate Bridge and saw Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm I'm doing well here. Um, you know, a little beat up from the weekend, but but um, you know, there are worse things. And you, Jeanette, how you doing today? Uh, doing good. On Friday, we celebrated my mom's fifty-eighth birthday. Wait, happy birthday, Jeanette's mom. Yeah, happy birthday. That is yeah. great. What's your mom's name? Maria. Maria. We have to Mar- put that Maria. as Maria. Felicidades, Senora Maria. I-, I told her, some of my friends from the internet are wishing you a happy birthday. And she gave me a weird look. And she's like, that's very kind of them. And she gave me that look <laughs> like. Mira, don't talk to anybody on the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we teach you not to talk to strangers, Jeanette? Ay, mija, no. Ay, no me gusta leer en it. <laughs> That's my mom. And then you see her on Facebook. Yeah, my mom has a Facebook and Instagram. Uh, she she knows of the TikTok. That's where she gets recipes and stuff. Uh, she's, you know, all her conversations about, you know, she fits into the demographic of a conspiracy theorist. Oh so it's like in el Facebook dijeron que on Facebook they said that so and so is doing this this and this and and uh, well, you know like whatever and I'm just like you can't believe she's like well why would it be on Facebook if it's not true so I had to explain 
every time that she wants to like look at what's going on it's a news story that's why it's on facebook i'm like who posted it was it a news source was it you know univision or a reporter oh no a friend of a friend's nephew from mexico who used to be the sheriff of whatever and i'm like no no, no that's not a credible source like oh it's like oh so all these kids really aren't missing i'm like i really don't know but you can't believe it so you know she's you know the the russians or whoever that that algorithm that's going on yeah like they, they've got to my mom Oh my gosh. But she, she can't vote. She can't vote. She's just a resident, so she doesn't just she can't vote. So she hasn't been convinced to vote for Trump then, I take it. She would she would she would have never voted for that guy. All she, right. She, you know, she she's she's been calling him um, you know, since we can curse here, she's been calling him an asshole for as long as she can remember. Uh, I think from the initial divorce to um Ivana. Mm-hmm. From the first wife and everything that happened, she's all like, nah, she's like, she's, she's like, I don't know whoever would marry that guy. He's like, he's neither, he's like, he's neither good looking nor rich nor um, trustworthy. Exactly. What does she call him in Spanish? Like, does she say asshole or does she say something in Spanish? Does she call him a pendejo or what, what, what's her actual, what's the verbiage she uses? Uh, trompas. That's like the disparaging term, which is weird because it has nothing to do with his lips. Like he does not have either ridiculously large or small lips, but that is the insult that was crafted. Um, the trompas. So she's like, el trompa, sina nomás. Interesting <laughs> because in Dominican Spanish, trompa means like nariz. Yeah, nariz, yeah. Yeah. That's how we thought. So that's how it could be like, yeah, because if you think about it, uh, ben, uh, Toby, Toby has a like a trompa. A big like snout, yeah. yeah like snout. snout. That's yeah. why, they, you know, like an elephant snout or a trunk, you know. Yeah. That's why they were referred to a trompa in, in Dominican Spanish. I think the thing that really turned me off about Trump is really what he said about Mexican people, about how they were rapists, murderers, and all that stuff. I mean, that was really uncalled. It's not even just Mexican people, anyone that was coming across the border, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. pretty much directed as like the, the evil, the evil of all evils yeah, that could exactly. be. The most equalist of them all. It's like, oh no. I would like to go on the record then and say that as a first generation American, uh, Mexican American of descent, well, Mexican descent, um, I do not have any convictions of any such crimes. I have never been, uh, you know, I do not have a record. Uh, so none of those uh, slanderous comments would apply to me. Yeah. So uh, I can pass a background check uh, if need be, but uh, yeah, fuck that guy and whatever yeah, the fuck exactly. he's doing right now. I'm glad he's not present. Man, I I think he's he, he's he's close to 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 I personally, you know, uh, just from the little stuff that the little blurbs that are out there, man, I think he's gonna get he's gonna get on the hook for for fraud in in New York, uh, which is which is a like just brings a joy to my heart. Yeah, you're worse than Kazi is, man. Definitely, definitely. So I know two of the Jays went recently to restaurants um, and it's had different experiences. John, if you want to tell us what was it like to be able to go out and eat in a restaurant, we haven't been able to since obviously the beginning of March of last year when everything shut down. Then Miami's been a little bit... Um, one of the first things really to start opening up. What was your first experience eating in a restaurant like? All right. So let me preface by saying, yeah, Miami is the wild, wild east out here. 
they are uh, jabronis to, to the fullest extent, um, starting with the governor and then our local government. And there, um, so they've never taken this seriously. The people in Miami have never, you know, for the most part, uh, have never taken it seriously. Um, unfortunately, we are a destination for a lot of people who come here short term. So they come here. And they get, uh, you know, their, their different tchotchkes and, and other, other souvenirs. And in addition to that, they take back with them some COVID-19 and then they spread it up there. Um, so, but um, there are, you know, because, because they're open pretty much now, everything's open, the indoor dining, outdoor dining, uh, you know, um, Uh, our friends who have been cooped up for, for the same amount of time as, as we have, um, and they keep themselves pretty safe. They have a newborn. They haven't, they haven't, uh, well, newborn as of, say, four, six, five, six months ago. But um, I, I guess they had been fed up with, with staying in the house. And they know that, that my wife and I have been vaccinated now for, like, probably a month, both, both shots. So we're effectively... Um, Uh, you know, at least 95% uh, confidence that we're not going to um, get sick. And some preliminary studies show that we can't necessarily um, transmit it. But nevertheless, we, we, we wore a mask and the, the, the restaurants seem to be honoring a lot of, you know, the, the COVID and the, the COVID rules and the, you know, their, their employees had the masks on um, the, The tables were, were distanced uh, uh, about six feet. Uh, I didn't have measuring tape, so I couldn't tell. My wife was a little, thought it was a little, you know, the distances were a little sus because she was like, yeah, I don't know that six feet or, or anything. But um, so we went to this place. It wasn't picked by me. Um, it, was, it, was, um, it was a cool experience. And in fact, that's what we had. It was something called The Experience. It's a place called El Cielo by Juan Manuel Barrientos, and um, he has um, restaurants. Uh, I've, I'm not sure. I know it's in several places other than Miami. I think he may have some in Colombia and some other places. Uh, it's kind of a, it's called, it's like a mixture of contemporary American, Latin American, and, and Colombian. Um, and so uh, we got this set menu called the experience. That's all you could get when you're uh, in the indoor dining and, um, it was fine. It was, it was okay. We weren't sure what to expect a little, uh, nervous at the beginning because like, Oh, I wonder, you know, what if, what if, uh, the people aren't, aren't taking precautions? What if the server doesn't have his mask now I have to get into the whole, Oh, put your mask on, you know, do the, so thankfully none of that happened. Um, and so we just, uh, dined and with, with our, with, uh, another couple, And for the most part went well, it was uh, a tasting menu, um, which started off with us washing our hands in chocolate. That sounds pretty interesting, huh? Was it like grainy chocolate or was it liquid chocolate? So what, what it was, was they put a bowl, they put a bowl in, in front of you. Well, before that, they, they put some, um, some towels, some, uh, you know, wet sanitary towels, like, uh, you know, warm towels. So you could cleanse your hands right because the next course the first course was going to be this washing your hands with chocolate so they put this bowl in front of each one of us and then they had um 
I don't know, uh, a small pitcher or a carafe of, of melted chocolate. And this chocolate, I think, comes from Colombia. And so what they do is you hold your hands out and then they, they, uh, they just pour it over your hands and you're supposed to kind of play with it. And it was supposed to be reminiscent of when the chef used to be a kid and I guess used to play with chocolate. And so here's, here's the, the, uh, the twist. So after you kind of wash your hands in, in air quotes with the chocolate, then if you wanted to kind of uh, taste it and experience it, the only way to do it is kind of by licking your fingers. So um, really interesting. And one thing about me is I don't like stuff on my hands. I don't like lotions. I don't like um, uh, bad thing about being in Miami is the sun's so hot. As a consequence, we need to put uh, um, suntan lotion. And I end up, unfortunately, getting sunburn because I don't like the feeling of lotion on my hands. And you have to get it on your hands to, to, to put it all over your body or your face. Um, and so here I am, first course, first restaurant, first uh, thing in, in about in a year. And they're putting stuff on my hands. Um, and not just any stuff. Stuff that I, I would gladly have them pour directly into my mouth. Um, but instead they, they poured it on my hands and, and I had to, uh, you know, I guess pretend like I'm washing my hands when all I was kind of doing at that point was like rolling my eyes and thinking, you know, why, why, why just, so just what's why? the procedure with getting the chocolate off? Ah, very good. Good question. So after, after you've either, you know, licked your hands or, 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 you know, wiped them, um, then they come around with, with water, uh, like another, a bigger pitcher and, and they rinse your hands and you just go through the process of, of rubbing your hands and, and cleaning them of the, of the chocolate. And then they give you another, another napkin to, to dry them off. And then you're off to the second course. Um, ultimately though, it, it was all very tasty. Uh, I didn't leave, leave the place, you know, I left the place satisfied in terms of like, I wasn't hungry. Um, but I certainly wasn't like if I left, uh, a buffet of any sort. So um, interesting. I liked the better than anything was just hanging out with my finally hanging out with my friend uh, who I hadn't seen in in months and months, who I used to see on a regular basis. I mean, he and I would go out to lunch, maybe uh, three to three to five times a week, even though we didn't we don't work together. Um, we he'd, he'd come down. He'd meet me. Um, we'd meet with a few other people from work. And then from there, we'd go have our lunch and we'll have, we'll have our cafecito. But it was nice to be able to, to, to see him in person, talk to him in person, share these um, he, as a new, as a, he's a new parent and she, and his, his um, girlfriend's a new, you know, new parent. So we could share with them in person, uh, the pictures and, and thoughts and their experiences. And that ultimately was the better part of, of the day. Um, not so much the the restaurant and the food, although it was good. The best part of the whole night was catching up with my friends and and getting to 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 hear about their experiences as as parents and what they're going through, and then sharing some of our experiences as parents with them. And uh, that's it. That that was our experience. Did the experience um, does the experience compare? or contrast um, your experiences as becoming a parent compare with theirs? Because, you know, obviously they're going through the pandemic and this is a totally, you know, something 
that hasn't been seen in quite a significant amount of time. So are they comparable or are they really very vastly different? No, they're, they're a little different in that they're, I mean, we had, we had our, in, you know, my in-laws come in for a little bit and then my parents come in for a little bit, but for the most part, my, my, my parents and my in-laws aren't local. On the other hand, um, uh, his, his, my friend's in-laws live, you know, about 45 minutes away and, and, and they can, they can commute and they, they do very, you know, to their house. Um, and, and uh, they're both of, of Cuban descent. So they were telling me that in, in their kind of culture, the, um, especially, I guess, the, the mom or the, grandma, the grandmother of the child, the, the mom of the, of the parent, um, comes in and then thinks that they have like a, a doc, you know, a, a medical degree um, from, because, because of the way they did things in Cuba. And so the doctor tells them, hey, you need to give the, the baby two or three ounces. This is one of the themes that, that kept coming up was that the mom thought that she knew more than the doctor. And so and sometimes the mom was doing doing things that she shouldn't have been doing, um, i.e. maybe feeding the kid when mm -hmm. he shouldn't be fed because the doctor said maybe two or three ounces per meal. And she's like, oh, no, that's too little. He needs to have, you know, eight ounces. And of course, the kid's stomach is not eight ounces large. And so the kid ends up throwing up. And, and so my friend goes and checks the tape because he's got cameras everywhere. And sure enough, he finds out that, that uh, somebody was overfeeding the baby. Uh, so that, that, that was like a recurring theme. And, and um, that didn't really happen with, with us, even with, with my, when my family was in, there was, there were, they, they respected those boundaries and, and they knew that, um, it was kind of our, our time to either sink or swim or shine or, you know, there's certainly consejos, but there, there weren't, um, they weren't like, you know, these, you know, back in my day, this is how we used to do it. Um, type of, type of, uh, at well, least not in an overbearing way. Well, my question mainly was, um, focusing on is that, you know, my cousin had a child, had a baby about a year ago. Yahida had her baby, right? Who? Yahida, our cousin. Yeah. Had so. a baby about close to a year ago. And no family has really been able to see. They, they literally have one of these like drive-bys where people are driving by and leaving gifts and stuff like that. So there hasn't really been any interaction with family. And I was wondering if that was the same case with them or if they're, or if they're clustered together. Because obviously, you know, you were talking about how your family lives very distantly from you all. I was wondering if that was something that they experienced themselves or if they were able to interact with their family even, you know, because obviously the situation in Florida is far different from the situation in New York, even though we're all going through the same thing. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, for the most part, based on what he told me, for the most part, um, people are kept at bay, um, especially their, their crazy um, you know, uh, conspiracy people where they're, you know, uh, get called, you know, they see them, they see their, their picture on Facebook and they're at like a restaurant or they're like at a bar and they're just like living, living La Vida Loca, uh, like, um, uh, Ricky Martin said, and, and all of a sudden, um, they get called up and they're like, Hey, uh, we're in the neighborhood. Can we pass by and see the kid? And they're like, no, fuck no. I just saw a picture of you. Uh, you know, on, on Facebook, 
doing this. So, so they were, they were responsible in, in that respect, but, but certainly the, the in-laws and uh, came over and, and, and they, they took those precautions and, and yeah, they, they, they kept had, pre COVID. I would have been up there to see the kid. That's for sure. You know, he lives about 45 minutes away from me, but that, that wouldn't have stopped me. But, but in this COVID age, there was no reason to, to, um, to, you know, pictures were good enough and stories were good enough. Um, there'll be, there'll be time for, for now. I mean, I consider him like, like, you know, one of my best friends and like a brother, but, but, um, you know, and some of these times you can't, you can't get back, but that that's okay. Uh, but for family, it might be a little bit different, but from, from a friend standpoint, that's okay. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll catch up. And, and for now pictures is enough and stories is enough. I don't have to, um, you know, be, be there and, and, and kind of, and he knows that there's no, uh, proving of friendship or, or why haven't you seen my kid or anything? He understands completely. And I hope he, I'm pretty sure he appreciates it too, you know? Well, I mean, I have a friend at Texas and I know that Texas right now, they actually took out the, the mask mandate. Like, you don't, you can go out anywhere without mask on. And I'm like, that's insane. You're going to see a pretty significant spike over there because of that. Yeah, it's scary that way. Yeah. Yeah, they're bigger jabronis than than uh, than Floridians. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Kevin and I couldn't haven't been able to see anywhere other than the school and work. But I know Jeanette, you celebrated your mother's birthday. What was that experience look like? Uh, it was really good. We didn't go out to a restaurant for her birthday. What we did was our close family members, my mom's sister and my cousins. They came over on Friday. That was my mom's actual birthday. And we had bought food from a barbecue place here, uh, Lucille. So we did uh, ribs, uh, short ribs, barbecue chicken, sausages, um, mashed potatoes, coleslaw, mac and cheese. Uh, yeah, so it was a pretty good spread that we had going. And then they, my siblings bought my mom the three of them they pulled their money together and they bought the birthday cake because i paid for the meal and they went to porto's bakery and they got her a cake and they have really good cakes there but there was one in particular that you know i don't particularly like mm -hmm. <laughs> their and it's their um, milk and berries cake which is basically a tres leches cake with uh, a filling of strawberries blueberries and raspberries uh so for those that know the story of me uh i don't like that particular cake so when they were slicing it and passing the slices uh of course i declined because i was not gonna eat that i was not gonna put that thing in my mouth so uh, other than that it was a great birthday i'm but, disappointed in your siblings they didn't even provide you a cupcake of some fashion or a brownie I, like dang i mean man nosotros pensamos in tea nothing uh, it's not my birthday, so the focus isn't on me and what my tastes are, so they can all enjoy that. And me, I was just, you know, making myself another margarita, so that makes up for it. Do they, do they know your disdain for, for Tres Leches? Yes, they do, because it's happened before in, in other situations, because um, that's the one place where typically when we want to get like a pretty special dessert, it's always where we go to for, you know, 
uh, cakes or other like tarts or um, pastries that they make. So that's the place that we hit up. And I think one time for my birthday, they did get me that cake. And I was like, and I told them because they, they didn't know. They were like, oh, it looks so pretty. And I was like, I can't eat this. And this is why. And they were incredibly devastated that, you know, they put in this effort and they thought they were doing something nice by getting me this cake. And then it's like, oh, now you can't eat it. And they were just like, this is what we have for trying to do a surprise. And and I was like, yeah, but I've told you guys this before. So, so you know, a lot of you were not listening when I aired this, this complaint. So, <laughs> Yeah, but this is why I, you know, I take notes about certain things and I will, you know, remember like, hey, this person allergic to this or does not like this. So I have some questions about about this birthday party. Um, First of all, um, was it keeping in line with what you said? So is your mom's uh, favorite meal or or type of food barbecue? Uh, not particularly. My mom is not a picky eater where, she, you know, she, if we take her uh, to a restaurant, she'll, you know, she'll complain like, oh, I don't like Italian. So don't take me to, you know, um, you know, an American Italian place or, or, you know, chi- Chinese, Japanese, anything like that. No, she's not a particular eater. Her one complaint is always like, I could have made this food at home for cheaper. <laughs> so that's always her, her thing. Except for dessert, she's not a dessert person, but she'll always be like, oh, because a couple years ago, we took her to Fogo de Chao, a Brazilian steakhouse. And she was like, I could have just made carne asada. And it's like, no, but we don't want you to cook because it's your birthday. Right. And then for, you know, so like if we take her uh, like for Chinese, she'll be like, I could have just made chow mein or teriyaki chicken at home or orange chicken or, you know, whatever. She's like, I could have made white rice and... uh, vegetables and stuff like that and it's like no it's your birthday we don't want you to cook you're not supposed to like you know it's us treating you she's like no no, no. she's like i could have done this for like a third and then you guys could have just given me the rest of the money for me oh the rest of the money that's that's a heady play actually the the red keeping the rest of the money um yeah i think did- she had because we had told her we were going to do this ahead of time because we we're trying to because right now most most of my family has already been able to qualify for at least the first vaccine so we're all kind of good with the exception of like my son and my niece and one of my brothers uh everybody else has pretty much you know is either fully vaccinated or at least gotten one of the vaccines so when we told her that we were playing this for friday she's like just give me the money she's like i would rather have money she's like you know we don't need to do food or like whatever and my sister's like no i already sent out the text message we we're gonna get the we're gonna get everybody together um and she's like fine and then I I kind of heard her go she's like so I guess I'm not gonna get any money so I'm like oh she really just wanted money <laughs> <laughs> well maybe the then stimmy. The, yeah then the next day like the stimulus um got got approved and everything and I was like hey you know Uncle Joe's Happy coming birthday. through for you yeah so she's she, yeah so hopefully tomorrow that hits uh, her bank so she she'll be happy <laughs> the old Sam hooked it up is there something that she's looking forward to buying or something that she's been saving up for buying? No, she just likes to know that she has money in the bank. <laughs> Does That's she convert it. it into pennies in her head? No, 
No, not at all. I think she converts it into pesos because then she'll be like, oh, I'm going to send some money to Mexico for like my aunt or my cousins, which I don't like. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just like, uh, I'm like, really, we have like the most um, cursed family that every week the same track. You, you guys remember MASH, how Klinger to try to get out of the army every month it was like a relative died and he had to go to the funeral and it was always the same relative and they had the record and you know colonel potter was like your grandmother died your grandmother died your grandmother and your grandfather and your mom and your sister and now your grandpa your grandma's pregnant that's like what my relatives in mexico are it's like really every single week the same pig dies like what the hell and that pig actually died like three years ago so and so these are these are um, like uh, brothers and sisters of your mom, yeah, or distant the, relative. No, it's my the nieces of my aunt who passed, and uh, just because you know they they're like they don't want to work, so it's like they they use the the they play up the dead mom card for uh, sympathy and charity, and it's like you're twenty something years old, get a fucking job. Like seriously, like go go sell something, go go do something. I know it's hard times over there, um, but seriously, whatever the the the, you know, just like they, they don't pay rent, their house is paid for. It is their the house they live in is theirs, so it's like get a fucking job. Like seriously, my 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 mom, since she got COVID last year, she hasn't been working. So I'm like, so please don't ask my mom to give you money when she's collecting on disability which is like $800, like get the fuck out of here. Like get a real fucking job. Like you guys get a job, maybe send her some fucking money. Like get off her back. She's been giving to you guys for a long, 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 long fucking time. Like stop it, like grow up. Wow, I didn't know your mom had COVID. She, she had gotten sick with COVID. Yeah, she got it last summer, July. Oh. And it was really bad. And she's been disabled since August. And every time that we think she's going to get cleared, medically clear to return to work uh there's some sort of a slight setback that her doctors um fret over you know rightly fret over so like no we need to do this additional test for like another month we need to get get this going with her and you know before she she can go back and uh so like you know in that classification of like covid long haulers that's what i would consider her um yeah because she had she developed um arrhythmia that's what happened so they're worried that if she goes back to work like what that could do to her cardiac rhythm just from the stresses of it and you know we worry about that too so we try to just be like just be chill when you're at home and stuff like that and you know i would say most of the time it happens other times it doesn't that's when we have to just be like nobody do anything dumb <laughs> it's hard sometimes but yeah. we try and then yeah like uh right now she's gonna start like some new monitoring stuff and maybe by may she can go back and i was i told her i'm like like if they can just maybe give you like disability like I don't think right now they're at a point where they can give her like permanent disability like well 
like maybe an early retirement type of thing. I'm like, it's no stress, whatever. She's like, no, no, no. She's like, I don't want to, she's like, I don't want to leech off of the government just yet. <laughs> so she's like, give me three, three years. She's like, and she's like, then I'll be ready to hang it up. So I, see. I, see. I have, I have one more question about this birthday party. If you, if you'll indulge me and Jose, you indulge me. And mm-hmm. let me just preface by saying I had, I had these growing up when I was a kid. So I don't think it's going to be insensitive, but was there a pinata? No, no, there wasn't. Um, I'm kind of ashamed that we didn't do it. My mom would not be opposed at her, you know, 58 years that we had gotten a pinata and filled it with candy. She would not have been opposed to out there and like, you know, whacking it and stuff. So maybe when next year for uh, 59, we'll do the five and the nine and we'll make up for it. Um, but I don't know if we'll like maybe put like fake stimulus checks in there, mix it with like the candy. I was going to say guilt, put guilt in there. Fake, you know, you know, those chocolate coins. Yeah. For Hanukkah. That's what they should, that's what I'm saying. They should put guilt in there. Or get one of like a piñata of Trump. <laughs> no, but, but among the guilt, I'm telling you from the sound of it, and I don't know her and she sounds like a lovely, lovely lady. Um, but I think you should maybe put some money in there. Um, of course, don't let anybody let her take her wax at, at the pinata when it breaks. She's the only one allowed to collect anything that falls out. And so if you put maybe some some singles in there, some, uh, you know, you know, uh, put some guilt. Certainly, you know, you get a little bit of the, the, the sweetness. And, and for you, uh, especially, you'll you'll have that shiny coin stuff, uh, you know, that memory. But for her, oh, my God, can you imagine? Her busting a pinata in half, and and all of a sudden it's it's raining down money. Like a Juia dollars. My brother was asking, are we putting coins in there, or we're putting paper money in there? No, paper money. Coins can get lost. I, in my mind, this this pinata is being broken in the backyard. You know, in the grass. Uh, over is grass. there wind involved? You got is it, is it, did it rain the day previously before? You got to take all these things. Papa, this is Southern California. It doesn't rain in Southern California. No. Oh, or maybe what? put Bitcoin in there. A uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, okay, we're gonna put a, we're gonna put a flash drive with Bitcoin in yeah. there. That's it. There That's go. how you do it. You know our Top Shot. We're gonna get you. You know what? Let's all pitch in and get Jeanette's mom some Top Shot. Like if if it wanted to be like the the, the two numbers, one would have like the goodies, and then the other one I would just put um, flour in it. And then that's the one that I'm like, okay, this is the family one. And then everybody gets covered in flour. And then the second one, it's like, hey, mom. And that's the one with the money. So that's how I would nice. do it. So, actually. so the flour is just yeah. to, to get back at your family? It's a prank. Nice. Yeah, it's a prank. It's like, this is for getting me tres leches. M- might I suggest glitter then? <laughs> yeah, as long as we don't start a forest fire like those dum-dums did last year with their gender reveal bomb um it'll be good but we yeah glitter you can't get off yeah but especially if it's in the if it's in the backyard it won't be like that big of a deal i want to maybe explore if i may just backtrack a little bit more with jeanette this is the segment i like to call exploring jeanette um yeah oh yeah no phrasing phrasing sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah her Um, reaction was priceless so Whoa. What, did you have a like a bad leches experience or did you or is it just too sweet? 
I'm I'm curious uh, why why the um why do you why do you dislike it? Yes, it's a collective bad experience. Um, either store bought or homemade cakes. Uh, for some reason, I just remember this as being the dessert cake of my teenage years. So when I would go visit my friends and or go to like their birthdays or something like that, that cake was there, and it was always. Um, not good to me the milk always tasted off so I don't know like what the ratios were they were probably putting too much of something that gave it a really bad aftertaste and then the fact that it became so mushy and it had a really gross consistency to me I never associated it as like a delicious thing to eat because by the time I got like a slice it it looked very melty and it didn't just didn't look appetizing. It didn't taste appetizing and it didn't have like a good aroma to it. Um, so that always put me off from even at any establishment that would serve it. And it could be a very fine restaurant or whatever. I would never want to get it because I'm always thinking back to um, this is what I've had in the past and it's not good. And then the fact that over the last five years, my ta my actual taste have changed to where I'm a little bit lactose intolerant. I know that if I go in for a slice now, I'm pretty much cursing myself to a horrible experience. So you add past trauma to current circumstance and it, it's just like, you know, it, it's a no-go. So if anybody makes a dairy-free alternative to a tres leches cake uh then i would try it but i would need to know like it's 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 oat milk it's uh th that would be the only requirement it doesn't have to be gluten-free it doesn't have to be vegan it doesn't have to be organic but it just to be a non-dairy version of that that's what i would or, be or something without la lactose like uh, you know, they have that, that the milk, the actual milk that they remove the, the lactose, I think it's called lactase, uh, the product, but yeah, or lactate, I think it's a pill yeah. that you take, but nevertheless, okay, I, all those, all those are perfectly, perfectly reasonable um, reasons why, why to dislike a cake. Um, so I won't, I won't even, if, if we ever do meet in person, um, I won't even have you uh, try the, the birthday, the, uh, Religious. I'm accusing you, John, of the same thing I accused Kevin earlier before. Of what? Episode one of Talking Jays, I believe Jeanette was going to be having a slice of tres leche cake. I apparently won myself <laughs> a bowl of beans, which well, it depends on the still. beans. And, then I, <laughs> and I forgot. And I forgot what was it that you were going to. Well, I'll make it. I'll make it. I'm just saying I won't necessarily force her to eat it. No, 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 no. I remember us specifically having this conversation. It was pineapple. Ooh, that's that's delicious. Yes. I don't like I don't like um, warm pineapple, but I'll make an exception for that. You know what you need to try? Sandy's mom makes this wonderful cake. It's called Lazy Daisy Cake, and it, all it is it's regular yellow cake, but over the top it's dense, thick cream of coconut with coconut flakes in it. Oh my God, it's great. So it's like, it's like tres leche, but it's not because it's only one type of milk. 
but you, your candy, you're, you're caramelizing the milk and you're tossing in coconut, um, coconut flakes in it. So it becomes a thick coconut flavored um, molasses that you drizzle over the top and it just seeps into the cake. Not too much, not too deep. It just stays on the top and it's great. I think that's the type of cake that maybe Jeanette would be able to have that you can use lactate milk with if it if it caramelizes. Caramelizes milk, like uh, okay. You know when you make this when you put sugar into milk yeah. and you boil it and it becomes this thick paste. Almost. Yeah, you talking about like a dulce de leche. Like yes, exactly. It's a dulce de leche. It's a dulce de leche with coconut oh, in it. Interesting. Dulce de leche from coconut. It's, it's called a lazy daisy cake. Oh. oh my god, it is. It is. So Sandy's mom one time made the um the, the dulce de leche and it came out okay. She goes, oh, I'm gonna have to toss this out. It didn't come out. I said, just give me the pot. I'll eat it. <laughs> yeah, I hate to break it to you, but dulce de leche is another flavor that I don't oh, particularly dude, enjoy. And and here's a life hack for tres leche for dulce de leche. Anyways, you don't have to go through the whole. Uh, you can if you want to, but the easiest thing for you to do is buy a if you like the stuff. Um, buy yourself some um, leche condensada. Right, buy yourself maybe like use, yeah. four or five cans because if you're gonna do this, you might as well because it takes a while. Put them, you know, put them in a large pot with with water, you know, bring them to a boil and let them cook. And then what you have at the end of the day is you you let the cans cool, obviously, because if you don't and you open, try to open it, they'll look, kind of explode on you. But let them cool, and then what you have, you open it up, you know, with a can opener, and you have leche, you have dulce leche right there. That's so good. Anyways. I'm still, I'm just flabbergasted. Jeanette doesn't even enjoy Because in the Dominican Republic, people come with the um, bote de coco. I don't know if they have them in Miami, where people come in with these, like, these, these jars of dulce de leche, and it's just with co all that coconut in there, and you just, oh, right out of the, right out of the bottle. Mm. You know, we buy that, you, you know, the dulce de Dulce de coco, the one you. The, oh yeah, that stuff is so good. Yeah, you just basically just a, just a, get a little bowl and you pour some in there. Just, or the shredded good. coconut, mm -hmm. and then where they put like the dulce de the leche, and and it's so good, man. Oh, I used to eat a lot. Yeah, of we have that here. Yeah, that's so good. And especially if you go to the places that they make it, you're like, okay, I want some of that. I have the one with the coconut and pineapple. My <laughs> girlfriend would send me that from DR. Yeah, it was, that, that's some good stuff. Um, so we're segueing onto this onto our this, uh, topic du jour. Unless you guys have anything else that you want to toss out there. Well, I just want to kind of uh, come full circle since we're talking Tres Leches and then Dominican Republic. There's a place um, out of the Dominican Republic that um, came recommended uh, on on a blog that I that I frequent. It's uh, it's BurgerBeast.com. And I'm Bert, and, and the guy's the real deal, and he's um, you know, been writing for years. This blog, uh, he's a really nice guy, and I social, you know, I, I I interact with him on Twitter, and I get a lot of suggest. I get a lot of, um, I ask him for suggestions many a time to to find a new place, or or you know, skip a place if if he if he says so. I put a lot of stock in what he says, and one of the places, um. Uh, at least he was, I think it was a blog where he was talking about snacks and, and I came across um, 
his blog and he was and I was like, OK, let me order this. And then when I tried to order, it, it took me to like a phone number in the Dominican Republic. And I was like, oh, let, let me make sure to um, to to mention this to you guys. Um, let me see if I can re- find it here. So it's called L.A. Is it L.A. Liard? It's E-L-E-I-E-L-E-R-D. And they basically make it, what it looks like to me is just a bunch of different types of, of tres leches. Um, and um, let me see if I can find. Uh, and look at these flavors that they have. They have, for instance, uh, of course, they have the regular tres leche. They have a, which is, they call it tradicional, the dulce de leche, tres leche, sorry, Jeanette. They have a coco tres leche, a guava tres leche, a, a tradicional con Nutella, a key lime, and then a recently added banana bread. I don't know if that's a banana bread tres leche or if that's just a banana bread, um, you know, on its own. And uh, I just read about it over the weekend and I was like, man, I, wanna, I want to not only bring this up to you, but I definitely want to order some nevertheless I'll, I'll send it to you in the chat and and you can investigate yourself it looks fantastic and if burger if burger beast um uh says says it's good to go uh then i take his word for it yeah i see you interacted with him a lot he recommends all these great uh, places all over miami and definitely one of the places um that's one of someone that would be great to consult consult if you're taking a trip down there burger beast other than your your cold mom tastes but yeah burger beast always makes note of all these great places was he i believe he was the one that recommended you the um or when to sign up for the empanada taste test or something other no so one that was available uh let's see so what he yeah yeah so he puts on some sometimes his these events right and with covid there were there were um uh, the, the COVIDs weren't in person. So he started putting together these boxes. And one of the events that he really loves, actually, I think, um, I hate to speak for him, but I think I've heard him on either podcast or reading his blog mention that he preferred, like his, his love, he loves burgers, that's for sure. But I think he loves um, croquetas even more. So he put on yep, his croqueta palooza. Um, where he, you got a box. I'll share those pictures also if you haven't seen them. And they had croquetas from a whole bunch of different places here in Miami. And, and along with that, they he gave you some jupina and some other stuff. That was great. But um, there is a place down here that I really like for empanadas. And they make empanadas from all over. It's called Empanada Harry's. And they make um, empanadas from all over uh, the place. Like um, they'll make Chilean, you know, Chilean empanadas, Colombian empanadas, uh, you know, Cuban empanadas from, from uh, Argentinian empanadas. So um, certainly if 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 uh, you guys are coming down here, you want to consult, you can a lot of the stuff that 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 I've read on 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 his blog or that he's recommended to me personally. I've already gone and checked out and and, you know, see if they fit my sensibilities and my tastes. For the most part, they do. So I could I could also be that conduit if you need if you need to. Yeah, I gotta go to Miami, man. Always wanted to go and play that like you know '80s you know retro 
and drive my Countach. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, but seriously, I would like to go to Miami. That's why this this um December, I know it's um, Dan Lebertor's birthday. Hopefully they're having Mass Miami. That's where, definitely the time to go. Yeah, that, that would be, I mean, if, if you're in the Dan Lebertard universe or, or if that's the universe you want to be in, that that little weekend, absolutely. That, that, that That's the time to come. Um, but if you're just trying to kind of pinpoint the best weather, I would I would aim for maybe something in the in the you know February uh, you know January late January February area that's when that's when the weather is peak it's like it's like perfection so we're going to segue on to our um, topic of the week um, we can start with Jeanette Jeanette is there anything that you're what that you've watched or that you're watching or you're looking forward to watching that you um, that you would like to talk about uh Oof. I have to go through the list. Hold on. <laughs> Let's see what I have in the A's. Uh, no, well, there is two things from our off um, our own personal conversation, John's show recommendation of Let's Eat. I wasn't able to begin that this weekend uh, for various reasons. But I also figured that it would probably make me really hungry. So I didn't know if it's best to watch this after a meal uh, so that I wouldn't be, uh, I, I wouldn't have the, the, the instinct or the reflective, the reflex of I'm going to go and see what's in my refrigerator. And even though I can't have what they're having, at least like join in in the eating and have maybe like um, a Nutella sandwich to nibble on. So it's like uh, stand back, like wait. So I th- that's definitely one that I'm going to start uh, hopefully this week. And then another show that has been recommended to me um, far and wide by many people. And that to me is always where my reluctancy starts because when something is like, when I find that other people find something very popular, it tends to be something I won't enjoy. Um, But I'm going in with this uh, faith and maybe this is the one show that will not uh, bite me in the butt. And that's Cobra Kai. I started that actually two weeks ago. I'm still in season one like episode four, I think it was the last one that I watched when they're trying to figure out how to get the kids in the tournament. Um, And my preface for that is I've had other shows that are, you know, acclaimed or of the moment recommended to me. And it's through people that I'm like, oh, these are my friends. They get my taste, my sense of humor, my sensibilities, whatever. And then when I sit down and I watch the stuff that they recommend, it's like, you people don't get me at all. Like, this is not funny. That happened to me with uh, Stranger Things. And I regret every moment of watching that show. I, you know, having watched it after like the initialness, I, I didn't get the hype of the show. I still don't. If it ever comes back, it won't be, I won't watch it. I won't give it a second of my time anymore. Um yeah uh there was a big push early on for me to watch orange is the new black and it's like oh you're gonna miss out because you're not gonna get the references of like whatever and i'm like i think i got through five minutes and then i was like no because the the thing about me is 
um, if you're telling me watch this show and I know it's like, oh, it's two seasons, I go through the whole two and then I'll be like, that was a waste of time. So I don't drop after episode one. I go through the gluttonous nature of the whole thing, um, which I need to get better at because I, I figure at some point my interest will get peaked because if everybody's telling me become invested in this program or this movie, um, it, it'll be worth it. Um, and there have been many times where that hasn't happened. And it's my fault for giving the benefit of the doubt. On the opposite spectrum of that was uh, Schitt's Creek. That one came very recommended by, you know, you guys, Jose and John. And that one I did go through it. There were certain episodes even that I watched twice because I was like, wait, I think I missed something. So that one is like one of the first ones that I'm like, okay, finally, somebody tells me something and it was actually worth my investment. But the Stranger Things get off my queue. So let me ask you a question then. You talk about sometimes you actually watch a show for two seasons and then drop it. But the one thing that I know about you is, this is segueing to something totally different, but within the same realm, is that you with movies, you'll actually just do a Wikipedia search and then, or, or a IMDb search, look at the plot and go, you know what, man, not for me or whatever. So you at least on hand know what you're getting yourself into. Do you find yourself doing the same thing with the TV show where you'll do search it or research into it before you get into it on hand? Or you just go cold turkey, I'm just gonna, or uh, you know, just drop into it. And if you just don't like it after the second season, you hop off completely. Oh no, so if I'm already getting the vibe of like, I don't like it and I know it's like, oh, it's season one, there's eight episodes. By episode three, I'm already like, I don't get it. It's not picking up, I don't, whatever. I do go to the Wikipedia and I look at the episode like description. And if it just says something like, because it, it, it's, it doesn't give you full details. So whatever is on the Wikipedia, if I'm just like, oh, if it's like the problem, the, the previous problem continues to persist and whatever, whatever. It's like, okay, the this doesn't get they're leaving it for the end like I'll just look at that and I'll just make up my mind of like to stick with it or not but sometimes I will go through those descriptions and then I'll watch this the the show and it's like well I really didn't need to watch it because most of everything that was in Wikipedia was there and it's like the dialogue didn't assist me in anything so I don't consider it like oh I'm spoiling the show for me if I'm already getting the the vibe of like I don't like it it, it doesn't fit my personality I don't um, I don't care for these people um, that happened to me as well with like the crown I know a lot of people that are huge like fans of that show and I couldn't get past the first two seasons because of Matt Smith's appearance. I don't find him attractive. So having to see him on my TV um, took away from the experience. I can't tell you if he was a good actor or not in that role, but seeing his ugly face took a lot from me. And uh, as a woman getting to say that um, on a podcast, objectifying a man in his appearance feels goddamn good. Matt Smith, you are ugly. I don't know who he I'm is. looking him up. He's he's doctor. He was in Doctor Who, if I'm correct. He's one of the guys that that played Doctor Who, out of the the 80 billion people that have. 
Um, oh yeah, that guy's hideous. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good actor because I've seen him as Doctor Who. But but I'm with you, Jeanette. Mm-mm. yeah and weirdly enough i think if i ever saw doctor who that would probably be like a show that i would be into but not 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 in his casting like that would be a good premise of a show for me to watch because i do like science oh. fiction and stuff like that but him um constantly with like i understand it's a portrayal of the royal family there's a lot of stiff upper lip and you know dry british humor but his general appearance and everything, he has resting ugly ass face. He's he, I'm like suit, like just ugly, ugly, ugly. Like even in his most, I know that, you know, they'll say there's something about a man in uniform, not this man. It was all ugly. It was all ugly. That dude looks like if I was in the public bathroom, I'll give him a head nod like, what's up? And then just go on my way. <laughs> No, that's not what I was about to say. There's a merengue that Jeanette's not familiar with called La Mujeres Estando Los Hombres Feo. So clearly, you know, it hasn't hit her just yet or hasn't made its way over to the West Coast about women starting to like ugly guys. But, you know. If we re- if we refer to my zaddy list of la- previous recording, no ugly men are there. No ugly men. That was a very, I'm telling you, it was a very popular episode. I think it's because of Jeanette's zaddy list. You know. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, actually. So, so that this might dovetail then uh, very well for you, uh, Jeanette, because um, the, one, the one that I started watching recently is called The Rain. Um, did you, have you guys heard of it? No, not yet. It's on Netflix. So as I said last ep- no. last episode, the reason why I stumbled upon say Korean Korean um, shows or or other shows is because at least for the domestic stuff on Netflix, it's all it. I've gone through the good stuff, and all that's left is the is the Matt Smiths of of Netflix, right? Um, of Netflix shows. Lots. Right. Lots right. So. But here, here's the good news. This is what I wanted to tell uh, Billy personally, Billy Gill personally, but but he he doesn't um, he just doesn't respond to me. Um, is once you start venturing into the international categories of Netflix, now it's much broader. Now there's a lot more stuff to watch, um, and and that's good. That's good for everybody. So the rain. Um, I'm going to look it up so I don't misspeak, but I think the rain is Danish. Um, yeah. So it's a Danish TV show. It's, it's sci-fi. So that, um, that fits with, with uh, what you were just saying, Jeanette. And the premise is the premise is not necessarily new. The premise is there's, there's been some like biohazard um, that's happened over, over, I believe Denmark. And, and I don't think we know yet how far, how far I, you know, recently started watching it, um, how the extent of, of, of this infection, but it got, it got um, this somehow carried in the rain. And then what happens is when it rains on, on, on someone, then they, it infects them and they, they pretty much instantly die. Ooh. And um but they're they're well not instantly within within a few minutes and and if you're if you're close enough to these 
to these infected people within a few minutes, um, you will be infected even if you haven't um, been rained on, so to speak. So, so obviously that sets up the whole like mistrust and, and, you know, you don't know who's infected and who isn't. Um, it seems like the incubation maybe starts to, you know, as, as things mutate, the incubation may be longer. So you have distrust built in into the, into the show. Um, and things start to become dystopian really, really quick because, because you have people, um, you know, who are dead, the, the, um, you know, there's scarcity in food. Uh, people start fighting for for food, and and there's potentially somebody in the show um, who who it comes it comes to the viewer that might be might be able to to save to save say humanity. Um, and so far, the the propagation of the story has been good. The acts the 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 acting has been excellent, and um, I would recommend the rain if if you're looking you i i listen to it in the native in the native audio um and then i just read the subtitles and and that's fine with me but uh i i i've been enjoying it so far it's it's a good it's a good show and i recommend it if that's something that if you do like sci-fi and and kind of you know this quest for for that they go on for a cure to try to to save um you know, people from this, this, this plague that, that, that is carried at least in the beginning in the rain. And, and I'm still learning about it uh, as I, as I watch it, but I recommend it. Kevin, is there anything that you're looking forward to watching or that you want to, that you're watching now that you're really enjoying? Well, I've been going on surfing on a lot of YouTube and there's this one channel called James Johnny. and He actually exposes um, a lot of things. Like we were talking early before the podcast about uh, how dark you uh, like, so how dark some social media can really be. Specifically, like those multi-level marketing and um, uh, laws of attraction type of things. That basically they sell their knowledge, the, their knowledge for what they're really worth. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they'll be sell it for it, like tens of thousands of dollars for advice that you can actually just get from. A person right across the street you know what i'm saying and um it, it's really 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 interesting on that channel because you know thinking about like how some businesses are some of them are really really bad man i'm not gonna mention these businesses obviously because you know we're in a podcast but there's a lot of snickle businesses out there that use multi-level marketing and try to actually get people to get into this business selling snake oil because that's what they, exactly what they do. And, and thinking that if they're not working hard enough and they're not selling, they're not working hard enough, you know, they're not going to be successful. So you have to work and work and work. And to be honest with you, that's not how things work. You know, even with laws of attraction, you can't just dream about checks coming in the mail. That stuff doesn't work. You have to, in order for you to become successful, I feel like you have to see progression and, you know, you don't, you want, you don't want to see things like insanity where you just go like, oh, I see this. I'm going to, I just have to work hard enough for my goal. But if you don't see progression, you're just doing, you're just doing something and not progressing. It just, it's basically the, the definition of insanity where you're doing the same thing and you see, and you're expecting different results. You know what I'm saying? It's really interesting. 
to watch his channel because he really breaks down a lot of things that you go like, wow, hmm, you really got into detail with certain things like that. And it's crazy. It's it's really crazy how like some of these- that people can fall yeah, into these they, traps. Yeah, exactly. And it, it says a lot about the disparity of people. Some people yes. are just desperate to be able to break out of um, even mm -hmm. poverty, you could say. Yeah, and they're trying to, trying to do these things, but they're, they're, they're approaching it the wrong way, especially like those gurus like, hey, how would you like to make a million dollars? Well, first, you have to buy my program. If you want to buy <laughs> like they make their money from people buying their programs. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy how people can, how they could just sucker some people and be and 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 their vulnerabilities. And then times that like, especially now where people are struggling, you know. And it, it it's just terrible that they're just taking their insecurities and they're just trying to exploit them like. And that. they're preying on them. Yeah. yeah, especially like with like uh, people that are trying to get dating advice and stuff like that, or trying to get an ex back. Oh, these five simple text messages that you can get. <laughs> like that's how, that's not how things work. Oh no no no! My mom my mom had a has a saying and it goes zapato que tiras no recoges. So basically, you drop yeah. the shoe, that's where you leave it. So it's like they're an yeah. ex for a reason. They're you know listen to the other cliche of plenty of fish yeah, in the true. sea. Move on. Get get your revenge body <laughs> on. Move on uh grieve grieve that period mm -hmm. move on uh, you'll find someone to uh, equally be apathetic to if not more so or you could mm -hmm. even lo love so uh, yeah, there's exactly. hope for some people uh but um uh... dating advice <laughs> by that'll be uh but it's funny uh, that'll be ten dollars not a nickel like lucy <laughs> don't come after me but if you fail don't come like after lucy me i owe you peanuts? nothing you, you know, with their psychiatry booth. <laughs> Hold on, but every time I finish... Inflation, buddy, inflation. Every time I finish watching one of those videos yeah. and telling me, beware of these companies and beware of what you're doing and this, then it goes a bad uh, ad on YouTube. Hey, how do you like networking, you know? What are these... How, how they... Co it's how because they of the algorithm that Jack yeah, was talking exactly. about. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's so it's crazy. like you start with an algorithm yeah. and that's just like... And then all of a sudden you get like a whole batch of like these multi-level marketing businesses. It's like, yo, dude, I just watched a video about not going into this. <laughs> like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> well that that's what i was saying about how how i think i i went down the 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 korean route right because netflix netflix and hulu and they all they they all have their own algorithms so if you if you watch something and i forget what else has to be triggered or maybe that's it that part that 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 little bit of data goes into the algorithm so they're going to pitch you something else perhaps it's the same the same actor or, or director or some whatever the algorithm is and so if you go and you you watch that and you watch it say to to completion then you're just feeding that algorithm and so netflix is no different in that respect except that hopefully i mean i haven't gone down really down the the netflix rabbit hole of of documentaries and things like that but hopefully they don't have a lot of this um this uh, uh fake and false information that that is prevalent on facebook and and youtube and all these other places where where that algorithm that predictiveness that that stuff 
can 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 really harm society in in hopefully in netflix the worst that happens is you watch a shitty a shitty movie or a shitty tv show yeah i think it's been brought up before where it is not explained how netflix actually puts together its top 10 list because uh, is it just like any random 10 and then through the virtue of like seeing one let's say one two and three you're like well if so many millions of other people are watching this thing i'm gonna watch it too so is it actually an accurate number or are they like leading you to watch this particular movie because you know they they paid a lot of money to to those creatives so it's like we got to push this out to um to justify the expense so we're gonna make you know rent you know whatever this is number one to get at the eyeballs and then next week it'll be something else so that's a question I know that has been asked and there is no way to determine, you know, unlike going to the actual movies where people buy, you know, what's based off of how many tickets were sold and there's that, that count that they'll let you know, um, hey, you know, Endgame was number one, so many millions of dollars made, so many tickets sold on this, you know, weekend. With Netflix, we don't have that. So is it really that all of us are watching that? Because I can go right now to the Netflix number one in the US, and I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it. And I I don't know if I have no certainty that anybody else has, like in my household yeah. or I'm Right. The transparent you're talking about like transparency with with their recommendations and and uh yeah that that's a that's a very good point i also don't know the business model so i don't know if they just pay for something so let they, they pay five million for uh whatever show or movie it is and then you know they whether whether it gets watched once or five million times um how they actually monetize that uh, i don't know you know that that would be good to know, and that might shed some light into into their algorithm. So, if, for instance, if if they somehow um, get uh, some royalty because because it got watched, or they have to pay some royalty because it got watched, and and if that's the business model somehow. So, I I don't know, but yeah, that that's interesting. I never considered that um, uh, really whether Netflix is fibbing. What's number one? Ba- you know, or is it actually uh, telling you what's number one based on, say, downloads or, or how many times it's watched? Uh, that's interesting. I, I may do a little reading on that just to get up to get up to speed. Yeah, because it, it says that right now it's a movie called Yes Day starring Jennifer Gardner, where she plays. She's a mom and her and her husband usually say no to their kids. They're like teenage kids. So they decide to have a yes day where it's like everything is yes with some exceptions. So it's kind of like, I guess, like a kid's dream come true where they can ask their parents for anything. It's going to be like more or less yes. So it's like, this is not I something I would watch. So. Um, the movie Parker, I think, is in the top 10. It's uh, Jennifer Lopez and Jason Statham. It's based off the movie. It's a remake of the movie uh, Point Blank. With Lee Marvin um, and Angie Dickinson, I think it is. Or, um, anyways. Yeah, hold on. 
Kevin, one minute. So the reason why I'm bringing it up is because the way I found out it was in the top 10 is because there was articles all over Yahoo about it being number one in the uh, not num- the number one most watched movie in the nation. Uh, this uh, on, on Netflix. And number two, the amount of advertising I saw for it on net on um, Twitter about it. So they're nailing it in two different factions to be able to promote this movie. So you start thinking to yourself, A, either one, I really want to watch this movie to see why it's so popular. Or B, what is Netflix making off of this adver- off of this movie that they're advertising it really hard? But go ahead, what were you going to say? Yeah, speaking of uh, what I was saying and what John was saying, uh, has anybody ever tried to get sucked into like a multi-level marketing business? Like anybody ever approached you or, hey, how do you like to play golf? Would you like to play golf for the rest of your life? And you know, you were making passive income. <laughs> Has anybody ever been sucking into that? And you wonder if they have any stories on that? Yeah. I mean, uh, not really. Aside from like just boilerplate uh, um, emails, spam emails that, that try to try to do that. And, and, you know, those, those appeal to, to, I think people like you mentioned who are, who are either, um, uh, What's the word uh, you used? Well, certainly that you have to be gullible, but moreover, you have to be maybe you used a word it, and it's escaping me. It, it means like you're you're uh, down insecure, um, like you're down desperate, um, um, like you're desperate. Right, right. So, you know, if you if you if you go ahead and you you marry um, desperate with with um, with naive that's almost the perfect uh recipe for for these you know or perfect candidate for these multi-level marketers um because because that that's what they're looking for they're looking for those people uh, i haven't aside i haven't been um and maybe maybe i have and i just cut them off real quick like there's plenty of phone calls that come to the house the house line mm-hmm. which you know as soon as as soon as i if I almost never answer, but if I answer and somebody doesn't say hello, if I see there's a pause, it's click immediately. So maybe those are some of that. And I don't give them any, any, uh, any oxygen to catch fire. Um, certainly I've seen them in emails. Hey, would you do this? But, but I think a certain amount of people who are attracted to those are the, are the ones who want to take the easy path, you know, who, who want the easy money. Hell yeah, I wanna I, I wanna make you know ten thousand dollars a week yeah. uh reviewing whatever it is that you know you know that the old adage of of if it's too good to be true, mm-hmm. it, it, it probably it probably is not true. So um yeah, I, I haven't been um anywhere close to being recruited for for um what you know any of that makeup stuff or the Tupperware stuff or whatever that you have to buy a garage full of stuff. And none of that has happened. I don't know about Jeanette. Jeanette, has anyone tried to convince you to sell Herbalife over there in LA? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I got stories for you. <laughs> first of all, I know that it takes money to make money. So thank God for being broke. So it's like, if anyone is going to go to the poorhouse off of my bad decisions, it should be me. You're not conning me. Nice. How quick? Did. How quick do you tell them so, to fuck off? <laughs> uh, right away. There's a and sometimes you do feel bad, and other times you're just like, uh, no, like I I'm not saving you 
in the pyramid scheme. Um, no, Do you ever pretend not to speak the language they're talking? Yes. Play. That comes in hand. No, but see, uh, what happens? So one of the situations that uh, I used to find myself in was the... Um, the, the Scientologists. So when they're out on the streets and they have the other book, what is Dianetics it? Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard. Book. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they don't use, they don't advertise with the S word and they don't even That's put right. his name on the thing. It's just like, like we're going to give you this personality test and we're going to tell you like, you're this. So this is what you should be doing. And, and it's free. And before I'd be like, no, you know, uh, you know, I'm a helpless case. I lack all personality. I have no reason to want to succeed in life. Um, you know, I'm, you know, any and everything just like to like, leave me alone. Then you get to the point where you're like, no, uh, sorry, no. But, you know, blink if you, you know, you're trying to escape Tom Cruise. And That's I'll right. Help you, you know, come over here with me. Um, and then it was, uh, no, no hablo inglés, no te entiendo and then they started because they would be coming into like certain areas. They bring the Spanish speaking people. It's like, oh, oh, I mean, over here we have her, you know, she she owns, and it's like, and it's like, oh, perdón, perdón, sorry. You know, I'm not here. <laughs> I, I, I can't do right. this. I'm sorry. You know, I don't, I don't have, you know, it's like, I gotta go, you know, like I'm, I'm a, you know, whatever. Like, and then it's just to a point where like, you know, now the advent of headphones, everybody being in their phone, made it so much easier is like you just walk by and it's like as long as you don't make eye contract it's like i would rather get into a 10 minute conversation with um like a homeless person than have to deal with agreed they're they're terrible uh, we yeah, they are terrible yeah yeah so it's that that would be the closest and even then it's like i i don't think and uh and i I think I told one of the ones. I don't think I've ever I've reached such a low point in my life where I would be willing to go through what you're going through right now. So that's a no, like absolutely not. Like, uh, or or I'll just you could just start like saying Leah Remini's name and that, that's right. Be it'll like, be like holy one. It'll, it'll be like, holy be like oh, yeah. yeah so. Um, but also going back to like the algorithm, I wonder how much to um like you were talking about parker jennifer lopez i wonder how much of the algorithm gets kicked up because of that uh quote unquote news that she may or may not have ended her engagement with a rod um, because we know that you know in uh like when somebody when a famous person dies uh there's a surge and if they were an actor you know there's a lot of their projects get seen if it's a performer, if it's a singer, um, their music goes number one on the charts because everybody's going back to it. So I don't know, maybe there's a link there between Parker and JLo being the co-star and that particular bit of news and that prompting that, that one particular movie to be number five. Um, she's made some other duds in her career. I don't know why out of like, why not made in Manhattan? Selena is uh, applauded as great. It's not, isn't. Um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, him, I don't really, I just think about him uh, at the Super Bowl uh, last year being there and like taking the pictures and dancing and stuff like that. That's pretty much what he's been reduced to in my mind as a stage husband. Um, but yeah, so 
there has to be an influence in that because I'm pretty sure if like Netflix there was probably an upsurge in the royal family over the last week because of the Harry and uh, Megan interview so so I don't know how much of that is us looking for those things but or it's also a predictive um, uh, strike by Netflix knowing like this is it this is the candy this is the whatever so here it is we're, we're feeding it to you guys we're making it more accessible for you guys to watch here's the segment of of the show where it's it's john reading from the internet so this is from variety a netflix rep told variety that the top 10 daily rankings are being compiled based on its new viewership tracking methodology tallying the number of member accounts that watched a given title for at least two minutes over the previous 24 hours. And then in quotes, this is similar to how BBC calculates its iPlayer most requested feature and does not discriminate against longer titles, a company said in Q4 letter to its shareholders. It's the same approach Netflix used to tabulate the most popular TV shows streamed on the service in 2019. Uh, Previously, Netflix counted viewers of title if they watched at least 70% of a movie or TV show episode to completion. Hmm. That comes by what the thing I wonder is what do they get necessarily get out of it? Right. That's, that's going to be not none. I don't think that's very trend. That shows you the algorithm of how it comes into play. What I'm wondering is how do, when they launch some of these movies that really haven't been in the uh, lexicon of people, for such a long time, I'm wondering how is it that that comes into play? Because I think they're using double, dual, you know, all forms of social media to prom- and even you know, uh, search, search, you know, like Yahoo and all these search engines and whatnot to be able to promote it, just to be able to get more attention for these things. I'm wondering if there's an ulterior motive behind it. Right. So, so Netflix is publicly traded, so it's on the Nasdaq. So that information might be in some of the uh, documents that they that they are that they need to give um, shareholders uh, either quarterly or or you know during the um, the annual review or something like that. So if you really want to see how how they're structured or what the um, what the business model is, perhaps those document those documents um, which might be public. I think they're public mm-hmm. documents, so you can maybe dig deep and do a deep dive into those documents and find out how, how they, how they monetize um, a beyond, beyond, of course, the whatever, $15 a month, um, how they monetize. I'm not sure how they do it. um, You know, so, uh, but because they're publicly traded, that information might be in, in the uh, shareholder documents somewhere that they have. So take my, um, open up a Robinhood account and see if I can help. (laughs) No, you don't have to be. And, you don't and have, have them to be give me one share of the uh, of, of Netflix. You don't have to be a shareholder to to mm. get those documents. I think they're they're public documents. They they have to be public. Yeah. Um, Kevin, you said you had a quick story. Yeah, with multi level marketing. I I have I, this way before I even knew what this was, and this guy approached me just like that. Hey, how would you like to play golf all day? And you know, you have your business going on. So I remember this guy came over to my house and he was trying to, trying to. Oh God! <laughs> so it was a sports yeah, drink. Was, was yeah, sports drink excess yes. or something like that. And he was trying to uh, get that, and he kind of convinced me. But then my dad was like, 
man, that guy sell you some bullshit. <laughs> so I was like, really? I thought you would be convinced to do this. So he was like, no, man, this shit is a pyramid scheme. Like, what's a pyramid scheme? My brother showed me, like, the percentage of people that really become successful. I think it's like an 80 to 90% rate of failure. And I was like, wow, that's insane. And I was like, you know what, Jose, you, you and dad saved my ass from that shit. <laughs> so, you know, every time I've gotten hit up with a pyramid scheme, I'll be like, yeah, you're trying to, once they sell it, they go like, oh, business is booming. You should try to do this. That's when I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that. But there was one particular story that I, when I was in college, and this wasn't that too long ago, uh, this girl in college mm-hmm. was like, mm-hmm. was like, hey, you know, we should just meet up one time because I lent her my calculator and we were just talking. We were joking around. We were having a lot of fun. So I went up to the college again. It was like on a weekend. She had a class on the weekend. So we get together and, you know, we start talking and then she talks about this one particular company. I don't know. I want to say the name of the company, but let's say it has, it's a Pry A. I'll say it like that. Pry A. If people know what I'm talking about, a prime, yeah, it's prime A. And, um, she was trying to sell me that. And all this whole entire time, I'm thinking this girl was trying to flirt with me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait, wait a minute. What? <laughs> it really got me like, oh, man. Like, damn. Like, you, you, got, really, you got me now. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> type of thing. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so disappointing. I thought you wanted to get, like, get to know me and stuff like that. No, she wanted to sell me this particular product and service. And I'm like, get out of here. And she was like, and she herself was like, I don't need to go to college. I can just do this job. I'm like, really now? You literally met you in college and you are really, I'm like, you really take, I'm like, you know what? You know, I I just walked out. It wasn't even worth my time. (laughs) Go ahead, Jeff. That was smart. But I do have some follow-ups, if if I may. Um, Firstly, was it a TI-68? Yeah, it was a TI-68. No, it was a TI-86, wasn't it? Is it a graphing calculator? Yeah. It was like a TI-90, TI-90 or something like that. Okay, yeah, so the TI-68 wasn't graphing. Okay, number one. Number two, did she return the calculator? Yeah, she did return the calculator. Yeah, because she gave it to me like like, maybe like 20 minutes later because she needed it for some test that she had. Number three, if she was being, if she she obviously needed college because, um, that job wasn't working. <laughs> it wasn't isn't. working in her favor. She had to borrow a calculator because she wasn't making, you know, she didn't have her own TI-68, yeah. you know? I was just like, wow. All right, I'm done. Like, I'm done, man. Like, I was just like, and she was like, hey, you have to like up to this amount. I'm like, yeah, okay. It was nice meeting you. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I will try to be brief because I don't know the quote about brevity or whatever it may be. But I'm watching the show that John recommended to us, and we will be discussing, hopefully, within the next few weeks, Let's Eat. I have a lot of opinions about the show. One being the show may, may, be, may as well be called Mukbang, the show. <laughs> because of all the, all, the, all the slurping, all the consumption of food, and the sounds that you're hearing. I'm thinking they do this in ADR and post because I've never seen anyone slurp grains of rice after eating. Literally, I'm hearing, oh, you're, you're, you're putting rice on a spoon and eating it. How, where, where's the slurping in there? 
But um, <laughs> go ahead, John. I think you're eager to talk about that. No, no, it, it, that the part of the part of the eating uh, part of the show that what I liked about it was how how they were showing them eat. I think all those noises get added in mm -hmm. post um, for sure. Um, and uh, they may or may not even be eating the the meal that they're presenting. Um, but I, I know that slurping and all that stuff is, is, is a common way of eating. We may think, we may think it's, it's rude or, or not, you know, um, polite, polite, but, but I don't think, I don't think in that, in that, um, area of the world, it's seen that way. And, and personally, I think some of that, some of that slurping, um, augments the flavor of the food and and certainly the experience. I'll give you a quick a quick example. Have you guys, how, you guys drink sodas yeah, at all? On occasion. Okay, I'm a soda yes. drinker myself. Jeanette, you you drink sodas? Okay. Yes, so I do. You can drink a soda and just by like you know uh, kind of drinking like a normal person chugging it, or you can kind of like almost swing uh, it. How can I explain it? Like no, like vacuuming it vacuuming it in like you're like you're you're it's almost like an like mm -hmm. an inhale of it and when you do that now the the i i don't know the science behind it but something happens where like the carbonation gets gets um uh like activated yeah. or fizzy and so when you do like like that with a soda all of a sudden the soda for me when i do it that way i know it sounds terrible and that's not how we were raised to do it but the 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 act and the flavor and the experience of drinking that soda is made so much better by that like that like it, it it becomes like it's almost like in that first initial inhale when you're drinking it almost become like sublimates and becomes gas you know like uh right right there and then and then of course it you just kind of almost feel the bubbles it, I, I think it even imparts a different taste to it. So I don't know that that's how I, you know, when nobody's looking, that's how I drink sodas. Um, and when I was watching that show, it was kind of that way. Like I, I, I can see why, especially if, if there's not anything, um, if there's no negative connotation to, to slurping oh. and doing that way, how it could. It's not the their food. connotation, negative connotation of the slurping. It's just that she picks up a spoon Get some rice on the spoon. It's not like soup on rice. It's just dry rice. And then they're adding the slurping sound to it. I'm like, doesn't make sense why you have a slurping sound out in there. But um, I'm enjoying the show. I can tell you that offhand. I'm nine episodes deep into the show, and I'm really enjoying it. So, John, you have great taste when it comes to Korean Korean shows. And this is just the first one out of the many that you that you've recommended. Um. The show that I, there's two shows, two things that one that I, I watched that I really loved and one that I'm looking forward to. The one that I watch is Lupin. It's based on Maurice LeBlanc's um, Lupin series where it's about this guy um, who grew up reading Arsene Lupin. His, the mystery is that his father was falsely imprisoned and committed suicide in prison. And he's trying to figure out what led his father to die in prison. 
and 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 being such an avid fan of Arsene Lupin, he's a thief himself. And it's really, it's only, I believe, it's only eight episodes. And the second half is due to come out soon. I know it's supposed to be due out spring of 2021. It's really enjoyable. I actually have read every single piece of literature Maurice LeBlanc has ever um, written and that's available in English because um, I'm a fan of Lupin the Third. If you're a fan of anime, Lupin the Third is supposed to be the grandson of Arsene Lupin. And it's, um, it's the anime is fun watch on Netflix, I think, or even on, it might be on Amazon Prime. You can see one of the first Arsene Lupin movies called Castle of Caligostro, which was made by Hayao Miyazaki before he ended up creating Studio Ghibli. It's such a fun watch. I definitely recommend it to anyone of all ages. It's, it's, it's a great watch in all fashions. So the reason why I like Lupin, um, this Lupin, iteration of Lupin is, it's not a telling of Lupin, it's someone that's inspired by Lupin. And if you're familiar, if you uh, are a big Maurice LeBlanc fan and, you're, and you were looking forward to this, you know that there was a lot of media written about can a black man be Lupin? And a lot of people were tossing out racial epithets and all these things because their version of Lupin is a, a white man and whatnot. And meanwhile, not even giving, before the show even came out, people were creating this big, I'll just say it this way, people were creating a big shit about the show with having not even come out and only watching the trailer. First, watch the show before you start making your opinions on it. I'm a, I'm a fan of Lupin. I don't care what race or ethnicity Lupin is. I enjoy the novels themselves. My favorite Lupin books are the ones that are short stories. I believe there's two of them. And they're just really fun, um, like spy, not really spy, but uh, beef caper stories. And it's definitely worth reading. But the um, TV show is really amazing on its own. If whether you've read any Lupin or you haven't read any Lupin. Um, the movie that I'm looking forward to that's going to be on HBO and also HBO Max. It's a document, it's called Tina. It's a documentary on Tina Turner. This is actually a documentary with Tina Turner behind it. It's an autobiographical documentary where Tina Turner is actually giving you the story of her life. And they go, and what's beautiful about it is they actually go to where she grew up, the house where she grew up. Um, they, in, I believe in Louisiana, they show you everything moments of where she would go on stage and her depression and dealing with the marriage that she had to Ike Turner. It's, it's like what's, uh, what's love got to do with it, but instead of seeing someone portray it, you're hearing the words from the actual subject themselves. And I think I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it looks like it's going to be a well, it, HBO, when they make a, a really good documentary, they pour their hearts into making a really good documentary. And I'm definitely looking forward to watching that. Excellent. I, I can I can make one recommendation based on uh, what Lupin or for Lupin, because I, I watched that series. The first episode I watched in in English. And and I almost gave up on it. I was like, no, man, this is horrible. Um, and then I, I decided to go back to the to the native language and then um, and then just read the subtitles 
And all of a sudden, the the series was transformed much better that way. Um, so for those those who I don't know if Jeanette wants to, if that's something that's in her in her um, in her future, uh, watch it that way because the other way was was just um, I, I couldn't yeah, watch it's it. It's a really excellent show. It's definitely worth watching. Um, it's a it's a simple fast watch. Really, you don't even know realize that you burned through the entire show on seri- a half series over a weekend. That's how good it is. Yeah, I agree. It was very good. It's really good, and and they leave it off on a on a um, cliffhanger because the second half is supposed to, was filming while they were um, be, and had to halt because of COVID, and then they finally gave a conclusion to the first se- season, and I think it's excellent. Yeah, um, Jeanette, is there anything else you want to follow up with before we um, before we close this episode? No, may you all receive your stimulus checks this week and either use them wisely or poorly. You say that they. Cash them into pennies and send them your way, but you know, that's just wishful thinking, I guess. Hey guys, would you like to start a business? Opportunity. I got this perfect business for you, you know, selling snake oil. <laughs> anyway. All you gotta do is pay a monthly subscription of a thousand dollars to buy some snake oil and then you can offer that business to other people and make some passive income how do you feel about that is the snake oil vegan is it organic <laughs> no, what, cruelty free well, snake oil i don't want peter coming i don't want peter coming That's after right. me if it's snake oil it can't be it can't be vegan <laughs> How about you, John? Is there anything else you want to follow up with before we head, before we end this episode? No, I want you guys to have a, a you know a great sleep, and um, I'll catch you guys you know in the chats. And yourself, Kevin, is there anything you want to follow up with? Although we know that you want, you're going to try to sell us on some some wonderful snake oil. I wonder what's on the the cover of your uh, of your bottle. No, I could give you five easy texts to get your ex back. <laughs> <So> you can... <laughs> <laughs> Five easy texts. I'd rather have nah. Keep your text. <laughs> all you gotta do is pay for my program and you'll be all right. Step one, unblock their number. Jeanette's mom is right about the oh, shoes. Man. You know, it's a leftover shoe for a reason. Well, I hope your mom gets everything that she was hoping for for her birthday, Jeanette. You know, since she's getting her stimulus money coming in soon. Um, on the behalf of Jose in New York, Kevin in New York, Jevin somewhere in the middle of the of the expanse United States, John in Miami, Jeanette in LA, thank you for listening. I hope you had a fun time listening to us talk and, and, and just expose what we uh, what we have to say. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Mm-hmm.